The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. There we go, background music. I was going to say. This, I'm, I'm telling you what, hey, this is your host, Deb Tomorrow. I'm just going to start talking because that's kind of the mood I'm in. But uh, yeah, starting these shows is always so stressful to me. Yes. Today. Like once we get going, but like literally the first, like trying to like make sure all the connections are working. And But I think part of that is that like, post-traumatic because of our first show possibly Do you remember that possibly I mean we still had 35 seconds to spare today <laughs> so that was ample but, time yeah still, right 38 episodes later the first show is still scarred <laughs> and that's totally not the network at all that was totally on our end I think but it's uh it strikes a chord and it makes my stomach do flips and jumps it's the only time I get nervous absolutely and then once we're rocking and rolling we're rocking and rolling so the voice you hear on the other side is the lovely Miss Karen Rastel best damn lender in the state of Indiana hello hello um so it's snowing it's totally snowing today in Bloomington. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. All day. Yeah. No, Uris left the house because he has to do, like, he has snowplow contracts and things like that. And so he left the house about 530 this morning and just kind of sitting and waiting. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was showing house to another friend of ours who does some plowing or has crews out doing plowing. And they were have been sitting in the parking lot of Sam's Club uh, for three hours, starting at 530 this morning. And... Um, I talked to him about 8.30, and he said, we're just sitting there waiting for the manager to tell us what he wants us to do, because it was like, it's icy, and then it's raining, and then it's snowing, and whatever. But it's kind of looking a little Christmassy, so that's nice. Totally. I know. Right. I had said to the, the mood girl, a little bit. yes, if I was a reader, this yeah. would be the day that I would I sit near a window, watch the snowfall, read a book. I was going to post a picture. My my dogs have, the puppies have taken to sitting in this chair that's right below our Christmas tree, which is a palm tree. Right. And they like, every time I walk into the room, they're in that chair, <laughs> like they're waiting for Santa. And they were all snuggled up this morning. And I thought, oh, I should take a picture of that and post and say, this is where you should be today. Like snuggled up in your comfy chair mm-hmm. under your palm tree, listening to Real Real, Real, Real Estate. Estate Today. Yes. What's up tomorrow? Um, so hopefully that's where you are. Um, so we were going to talk you know, we usually try to keep you updated on HGTV drama and things like that. There's a little bit of drama going on. We're not going to talk about it because we're going to take the high road. But I just want to say don't worry because it's not about Chip and Joanna. <laughs> They're okay. They are okay. They are okay. So we're taking the high road on that. I did have a funny article that I wanted to share um, that I was tagged in on Facebook. I'm loving this. Did you see uh, people are tagging me? 
you know, they past clients and people I know always tag me in real estate related stuff. And it's so funny, um, completely unrelated, but just a few minutes ago, do you remember when we had Matt Doring on the show several, yes, several shows ago, uh, and he was talking about new construction. They're yes. almost done building their new house. And we've been teasing him over and over again. I think we talked about it on the show, right? Buying a fancy toilet for your house. Yes. Did we talk about that I, on the I show? I think we did. Did I really say these things out loud on the air? Probably so. Probably so. Well, he just tagged me, and I sh- <laughs> I got to share it to my the business Facebook page, the Deb Tomorrow Realtor page, um, that they've picked out their new toilet. And the only thing I could say was, what is soft rear? Because there's a button that says soft rear. No way. Yeah. Okay. But I think it has to do with the speed of some sort of drying action or something. Okay. Again, too much. I'm getting visuals. I know Matt. It's been I know. weird. I know. <laughs> so. so anyways, that was pretty exciting. So he had tagged me on that on Facebook. Um, and someone else tagged me. Uh, my friend Amelia tagged me uh, in this. Uh, do you know The Onion? No. You don't know mm-hmm. The Onion? No. It's like a fake news source. Okay. And so they write these fake stories, but they're really fun. They, you know, they're written in a very serious tone. And okay. it always cracks me up because someone invariably sees this and they go, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is real. Okay. You know, variety of subjects. Um, it's like Huffington Post, except that none of it's real. Okay. So she tags me on this one. It says, how to begin the search for your dream home. And it's a list of things that you need to do as a buyer to begin the search of dream home. So number one, first thing you need to do, decide from the get-go whether you are the type of person who values whatever the hell a mudroom is. That's the first thing you need to do. Okay. I like this one. This is for you. Mm -hmm. Number two, set up a meeting to speak with a mortgage banker. Even just asking about her day would mean a lot to her. It would. Totally. <laughs> yes. Holidays. Uh, number it. three, before meeting with a real estate agent, make a list of non-negotiable features like walk-in humidor and retractable roof. Oh, my gosh. N- number three, when you visit open houses, hire some child actors to gleefully run around each backyard and see if that stirs anything in you. <laughs> Which is funny because anytime I have this stupid thing I do anytime I'm showing a house and a rabbit runs by outside, I go, look, a rabbit, I stage that for you. <laughs> We say, you know, we, we bring the deer in or whatever see, to kind of give a little. I love rabbits, and I don't see them very often. Oh. And they remind me of my dad. So if I was looking for okay. a house and a rabbit went by, I'd totally be buying that house. You should come to my house because we have a colony. Okay. Um, okay. Even number, I don't know what number one, five maybe. Even if you have your heart set on a vintage home, honestly assess whether you'll be willing to put in the necessary work to live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> Um, So anyways, I thought that was a great list. Uh, That was very funny. We'll share that on Facebook. Um, I had another, this is completely unrelated, but it kind of, the snow today had me thinking about this. There was a couple things that sort of, there was a a friend of mine lost her dog um, around Thanksgiving. And did you see that, Amber? Like physically lost, like the dog ran away. Got out and ran away. Okay. Uh, And they live out in the next county over. And every day they're posting, you know, looking for their dog. And it's breaking my heart. I can't even take it. Dog's like 18 months old or something. Hudson. Um, It came home last night. Amazing. She's like, it's a Christmas miracle. Oh, my gosh. And it was that, like, a friend of hers, she'd been posting on Facebook so much, and a friend of hers, you know, knew about the post. And then this friend's parents had called the daughter and said, hey, there's this dog. It showed up around our barn, and it's been here. And they described it. And the friend was like, that looks like this girl's dog. Okay. And connected him, and it was. And he was skinny and covered with ticks and, you know, fleas or whatever, but he's home and he's, you know, getting fixed up. But it made me think a lot about um, all the times I've shown homes where the pets are loose inside. 
And people I just do that. Oh yeah, and people I just do that knowing that that mm-hmm. someone's going to be oh, yeah. viewing their home. Yeah. Okay. And I just came from a closing where the seller was actually saying it was really really hard to sell my house to to figure out how to deal with the dog. That you know, for any any time there were showings, it was mm-hmm. really he said that was one of the hardest things. Um, but it made me think about this one time. This was a long time ago. The snow got me thinking about this too. I was showing this house, and there were you know two adults and myself, so three of us trying to get in and out of the house. And there was a cat who just wanted out, which is usually it's the cats. <laughs> they want out, and we didn't have any notes or anything in the showing instructions, and we made it into the house toward the house but then as we were trying to leave you know it's hard to get three people out of the front door without opening the front door right so the cat got out and I lunged for it and it runs walks it it it, um slides through like the railing okay okay there's like the slats or whatever it's through there I got its tail so I'm on one side holding onto this cat who's just screaming bloody murder a tail as my client's trying to jump off the front porch and run around to get oh the, catch the front end right mm, didn't make it slides out goes running off towards walnut street which is the main north south thoroughfare which is like a block away through town snow everywhere i'm in like heels like we're running through the snow trying to catch this damn cat oh my gosh i'm not really a cat person so i was like oh you kidding me? And I'm calling the listing agent and it's just like a complete panic. Like, oh my gosh, you know, this cat ran away and I'm just like devastated or whatever. And she's like, oh, it's fine. The cat can go in or out. That would have been nice I'm to know like, prior are to going you in. I just lost 10 years off my life. <laughs> Could you have told me that up front? So helpful oh hint gosh. for anyone who is selling a house with a pet, try to contain them. Try to remove them if you can, which I know isn't always the fat case. And if you've got cats or something like that and they can go in or outside, please tell us that. Absolutely. Because that saves a lot. I remember when I was trying to sell my house um, and I had two dogs at the time. And it was luckily it was summertime. I would take them. If I was home, I would take them and I would go and sit in the neighbor's backyard and pretend like I lived there. No way. (laughs) And just be like, I'm hanging out in the backyard, you know, because then that way I could see if people, when they left, then I knew I could go home. And because what I see all the time, it's hysterical is I'll see if I'm showing one of my listings, I see my clients circling the block with the dogs in the car and all the dogs are barking and whatever. And they're just circling the block, like waiting for us to leave kind of thing. It's pretty funny. So anyways, we should do an episode on um, selling a house with pets and things you should know. But yeah, I got yeah, distracted. I don't have any pets, so I, I think know. that would be, I, I would find it totally interesting. So I, uh, anyways. So we've been talking uh, the past couple of shows about credit, and it's such a huge and such an important topic. We're going to keep talking about it today, but I promise this will be the last um, for a while. Anyways, about credit. So I hope you'll listen today, and I hope you'll download the last two shows on iTunes if you haven't listened to them, and listen to all three, because there's some really, really uh, important stuff in there. Um, so the last show we talked about um, what specifically goes into figuring your credit score. I tried to do this from memory. I was writing my notes and I got one wrong. So do we do we all remember this? I should quiz everyone. So 35% of your score typically goes for your payment history, on-time payments, late payments. 30% of your score is your debt utilization or as Karen calls it. Your proportion of balances to your credit limits. There you go. So how much credit do you have and how much of that are you using? 15% of your credit score goes towards the length of credit history. 
Can't do anything about that. It is what it is. Uh, 10% of your credit score is your mix of debt, how many mortgages versus car payments versus credit cards, things like that. And then 10% of your credit score is recent inquiries and new credit. I was watching this little um, video, instructional video. I think it was one of the credit bureau websites. And they were doing this man on the street and asking people if they knew what a hard inquiry meant. (laughs) Because they were talking about, does that you know impact your credit score and that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And one guy goes, hard inquiry. Is that a tough question? <laughs> I think it about just it reminds me of those like, late shows where they yeah, go out there right, and they're going like, right. to and, and then we all feel really bad about ourselves. So. Well, today we're going to talk about um, credit counseling and credit repair and what do you do if your credit's a mess kind of thing. Um, the past couple of episodes, we've talked about that there's not really a concrete place or a person to turn to when you have credit issues. There's not a credit therapist or credit doctor. I think a credit chiropractor to straighten things out. Yes, that's See? a good one. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, so my best suggestion has been and will continue to be doing your own research and not taking the easy answer or the first answer that comes up. Uh, we talked a little bit about trusting what the three credit bureaus are telling you in terms of you know, how long it takes you to repair things and how do you get things off your credit report and that sort of thing. Another resource as I started to think about it is the CFPB. Karen, what does that stand for? Like the real term? No. What do you think it stands for? Oh. The easiest way when they were first established is that lenders and the like would call it the uh, chocolate fudge peanut butter. CFPB, chocolate fudge peanut butter. It is actually the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. um, And they were chartered about five or six years ago, sort of in response to the, well, it was authorized by the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform, which was in response to all of the financial crisis in 2007, 2008. Uh, And according to Wikipedia, the subsequent Great Recession, I guess we're calling it the Great Recession now. Um, And its mission is to make uh, consumer financial markets work for the consumers, Responsible providers in the economy as a whole. So they protect consumers from unfair, deceptive, or abusive practices. They take action against companies that break the law. They arm people with information, steps, and tools that they need to make smart financial decisions. So I started noodling around on their website, and boy, there is a lot of information Mm -hmm. there. So I think that as much as you trust the government, ha, ha, ha. Um, that is another great resource. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the information that is on that website when we come back from break. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to RealRealEstateToday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit RealRealEstateToday.com. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thanks for coming back. We are talking today about credit yet again. It's the big credit show episode two. That sounds fancy when you say it in French. Is that three for French? We oui. Okay. <laughs> that, French, I, that I know. A French degree, so, you know, got to okay. use it. All right, so we were talking about the Chocolate Fudge Peanut Butter or the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I wonder if they know that that's what everybody calls them. What is your interaction? Do you have – you probably don't have daily interaction, but there's some jurisdiction – they, uh, if someone wants to file a complaint, like in my world, uh-huh. against the mortgage originator uh-huh. or the company, that's who they would do it with. That's one of the um, places that they can, uh-huh. as well as the other govern- governing body. Um, sometimes it's the OTC, the FDIC, it just depends on on who oversees your mortgage banker or that bank or credit union. So, um, but I know you're going to talk about it. Um, I... I, when I first heard about this, I obviously was in the business, but the first person that I know that actually reached out to the CFPB, uh-huh. it was in regards to student loans. So um, they offer more than just, you know, in my world, I think, okay, if you if you feel like gypped by your mortgage lender, mm-hmm. your appraiser, whatever, you can go that route. But this is ha- this can be for credit cards. They can provide resources for student loans. Yeah. Any other type of financing yeah. period. So the CFPB has jurisdiction that includes banks, credit unions, security firms, payday lenders, mm-hmm. uh, mortgage servicing operations, foreclosure relief services, debt collectors, and other financial companies operating in the United States. So they do have a pretty um, wide-reaching. Um, they have tons and tons on their website, tools and templates. They've got a template we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show for submitting a credit dispute. They like give you, here's the letter you need to kind of fill in the blank sort of thing. They walk you through that process. Um, tons of frequently asked questions. If you go to their website and you just put in the word mortgage in their search engine on their website, it came up with 78,000 hits. 
Oh, my gosh. Just on their website. I could imagine. So there's just tons and tons of um, information. Don't get overwhelmed. But, I mean, just ask your question. Type your question in, and the answer is probably in there. Um, like you said, one of the great things they do is it's a it's a central place that helps you if you've got a complaint or you need help. It's a way for consumers to be heard by the financial companies. It's almost like uh, here, I don't know what it is anymore because I don't watch the local news because it's depressing, but it used to be call six for help. Yeah, you know, like the local TV station, they yes. all have the whatever. It's almost like that. Like you can call, not call, but you know, you log on online for the uh, chocolate fudge peanut butter and they will help you um, get an answer. Yeah, I don't know what their response time is. I have an answer to that. Okay, I was going to say, but they will reach out. If yes. you submit a request, they yep. will reach out to you and or whoever you are complaining about, yep. for example. Uh, in most cases, responses um, and cases are settled in 15 days. Yeah, they don't mess pretty, around. They do not mess around. You do they, not want to be on the receiving end of that complaint if you're a financial institution. Um, in the time that they have been around, when did I say five or six years? I think it was 2011 mm-hmm. that they were chartered, maybe July of 2011. So five and a half years, almost 700,000 complaints have been forwarded to financial institutions. And 97% of those, they were able to get responses to the consumer, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, at least explanations. I mean, a lot of times it's explanations. A lot of times it's just um, you know, a misunderstanding. Um, right. I have an example of that. Um and, you know, think about it. It could be really hard and be really time-consuming for you as a consumer to try and get a response on your own. So that's great. The other thing that I think is really cool about this complaint service, and I usually wouldn't be like, mm, yay, complaints, um, but is that it pre- provides insight into the problems that people are experiencing. And I think they really take that seriously and kind of if they're looking, if they see trends, um, then they're able to kind of address that. So really, in this case, making a complaint helps make the world a better place. Yeah, and a lot of those are out there for public view. Yeah. Um, it may, if you complain specifically about someone, their name or whatever may be... It's more, redacted, yeah. Yeah, but the company name is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it tells you how it was resolved. Mm-hmm when it was resolved and, and in whose favor. And so everything about that company is out there. Right. So when you can't sleep at night, <laughs> this is the new thing I'm going to do. I used to always look at people on, uh, in Indiana, we have a website, mycase.gov, and you can look up and see people's criminal histories and whatnot. So we always, you know, who's been arrested? <laughs> when you can't sleep at night, that's what you do. Everybody does it here in Indiana. But now I can look at people, look companies up on the uh, CFPB website, which I did. And I think this database uh, on the CFPB website is a really good partner with to the Better Business Bureau. And as, as we're going to talk about credit counselors here in a little bit later and credit repair firms, I would certainly go to the Better Business Bureau and then I would look them up on the CFPB um, database to see what people are saying. I did a little research on the site there for fun. I looked up a mortgage company who shall remain nameless, but it is not Karen's mortgage company. Um, But I've had a lot of challenges with this mortgage company. Um, And there weren't as many complaints as I thought there would be, so I was kind of disappointed in that. But I had heard a story from a client, um, and sure enough, it was there. Um, the, the, the personal information had all been redacted, so you wouldn't know it, except I knew all the details of the story and I was reading, um, not all of them have kind of like a paragraph of information, but a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. And the, the mortgage company's response was, we believe this is an isolated incident. That was their response to CFPB. 
And I'm sure there was more internal, like, you know, whoever did something wrong got disciplined or whatever. But um, that was kind of interesting. There was another one I saw. And I guess my point I want to make on this is do remember that there are two sides to every story. And like I said, I think... You know, if someone went through and analyzed the 700,000, I would be curious as to what percentage of those complaints are just a result of misunderstanding. Sure. Because the lending industry, just looking at, you know, the mortgage side of things, it's confusing to people because they don't do it very much. So I saw one that was complaining about a lender and it said that their description was that they had to pay for an appraisal and then the transaction didn't close and the lender was refusing to refund their appraisal fee that they had paid. And they complained because they said, I contacted a different lender and that lender said they would have given me my money back. So can you explain to us what happened there? Are you asking me? Mm -hmm. I think every lender, um, most lenders, it is a non-refundable fee. It's a cost of doing business. And so the appraiser still has to be paid for their services, whether the deal goes through or not. Um, some some companies will go ahead and refund it, I guess, if there's a big enough stink about it. But most of us, it's a non-refundable right. fee, and we tell that up front. Yeah, and it's uh, so it's basically, you can't say, well, this lender would have because it's it's lender specific on how they handle each um, specific situation. So again, that's sort of my example of there's two sides to every story. So I would certainly remember that if you're, you know, looking up a particular lender and there's, you know, you have to sort of take it all with a grain of salt, I guess. I mean, this is a bad analogy. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say like, like look at these uh, scenarios out there like you would TripAdvisor or something. Mm-hmm, but sure. again, um, it, someone could have been denied a loan or let's say the seller, mm-hmm. there could be something else. And then the person yeah. that, that um, did file a complaint was just really upset about something. Yeah, um, absolutely. No, that we see that all the time. That's probably actually a pretty good analogy. Um, okay, so since they've started accepting complaints in 2011, the CFPB have helped customer consumers connect with financial companies to understand issues with their mortgages, fix errors on their credit report. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more too. Stop unlawful calls from debt collectors. Get direct responses um, about problems with their credit cards, bank accounts, private student loans, and more. So I just want to encourage you to check out that. Oh, there was one other I had to share because it was just cracking me up. Um, somebody, there was another complaint and said, um, Synchrony Bank, I don't know where that is, informed Lowe's and Belks, which is a department store, and such and such credit card company that I was deceased they had them close my accounts and ability to pay online. I am very much alive. <laughs> that was the paragraph of the the description of the issue. And um, and so this person had to sort of jump through a lot of hoops and the CFPB helped them jump through hoops to get their credit mm-hmm. opened back up again. Because what we're finding a lot, and I've got some stories about this, is that especially if your name is similar to someone else's name, um, that uh, your credit reports are, can get merged that can happen and get some in, in inaccurate information yeah. or even like siblings you could have a totally mm-hmm. you know not just one digit off a social security number it could be yeah completely different yeah and i've seen that interchanged i saw at a closing just a few weeks ago that the lender uh sent a piece of paper in the loan package at closing to sign 
that said something. We read it about six times, and nobody really completely understood it. Um, and the lender was just kind of like, I don't know. Um, so they were super helpful. Um, it was the same lender that I looked up <laughs> to see what complaints <laughs> they had had. But anyways, um, if you message me on Facebook, I'll tell you who they are. But um, it's it was a piece of paper that basically said, we noticed some some discrepancies on your credit report with an incorrect social security number or something like that. And like they had noticed it a while ago and my, my buyer was like, wouldn't it be nice if they told me they thought that maybe I was having some credit fraud issues or something like that. But there's three of them with the same name. Like he's a junior and then he has a son and he has a dad and they all have the exact same name. So my guess is that there's something that kind of came up with a social security number that got confused or something. But I was like, yeah, you probably want to call the credit bureau and ask them about that. Yeah, we see that happen sometimes where someone's transposed the number, but we do reach out to the borrower and say, hey, this number, and we tell them, this is this is appearing in some of your documents. Yeah. Do you know who, sometimes it could be their child, it's yeah. the, or I have no idea. Yeah. We get that information, we let them know that. Right away? Right away. Yeah, that's And nice. they do sign something. Yeah. But to say, that's yeah. not when you should find because, out yeah, at the closing. Yeah, but it's not your lender's responsibility to fix it, so that's why they're just being nice and notifying you, but it would be nice to know right away. But anyways, one of the things that the CFPB, investi- CFPB investigates and enforces is the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Now, this act was actually enacted in 1970, which is when credit scoring reporting really started taking off, if you remember from three up two episodes ago right. our first credit episode the we history. talked about the fico people fair isaac and company and how they started creating credit um, scoring models in the late 50s and early 60s so this fair credit reporting act is designed to promote accuracy fairness and privacy of information in the files of computer consumer reporting agencies um, there have been a lot of changes to it over the years um, and one of the best changes is that each credit bureau is now required to provide you, if asked, a free copy of your credit report. That's something that is fairly recent in the past 10 years, maybe. I would, yeah. 2004, three, something, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, that wasn't the case. You didn't have really any right to know what was in your super secret file. Right. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit more about this act because I think it's important to be an informed citizen and know the laws that we are living under uh, when we come back. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. 
The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com That's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com Now, back to this week's program. Hey, we're back. <laughs> we are giggling during the break. Okay, back to serious things. The yes, law. The law. Protecting yourself. Um, this is not the stuff you teach and you're taught in high school. No, you don't want to end up on a creek you're without right. your canoe, right. right? Up a creek without a canoe or something. Um, okay, so we were talking about the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the things that uh, here's a summary of your rights under this act. Um, this should be one of those schoolhouse rock. Like I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill. We should make one for the Fair Credit Reporting Act. It'd be really good. Okay. (laughs) Number one, you must be told if the information in the file has been used against you. Karen talks about this a lot. That's your adverse action. That is your adverse action. So if you get denied for a loan, you have to, does it have to be in writing, like a letter that has to be sent to you? Yes. Okay. So you have to have a letter sent to you by the creditor, creditor, the person who denied you. Yes. Explaining why. Correct. And it has to, it, there's so, there's different things that the letter has to contain, mm-hmm. but most specifically, you have to have the reasons listed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, number two, you have the right to know what is in your file, which is the free annual credit report. Is that our favorite website? That's, yes. Freeannualcreditreport.com. Not that, you know, I'm all for the CFPB, but yeah. if you go to their website, it talks about how do I get mm-hmm. my own credit report. Mm-hmm. They also say the same one that I Okay. Seen. And remember, you get one free one every 12 months. 12 months, but that's from each credit bureau. So you're best off pulling one every four months from one credit bureau. Correct. Is what we think. You have the right to ask for a credit score, but the companies have the right to charge you for that, to do that math for you. You have the right to dispute incomplete or inaccurate information. We're going to talk about that more. Um, but the bureaus, the credit bureaus must investigate your dispute unless it's frivolous. Mm-hmm. So if you're uh, disputing something every single day, at some point they're going to call you frivolous. Um, but they have to investigate. And you'll hear what happens if they don't investigate. Consumer reporting agents must correct or delete inaccurate, incomplete, or unverifiable information. Um, Number six, consumer reporting agencies may not report outdated negative information. Usually that's seven years, or if it's a bankruptcy, it stays on your report for 10 years. But once you're past that time period, that needs to be off your credit report. Um, Access to your file is limited 
That is your right, which means only people with a valid need. How would you explain that, Karen? Um, The easiest way to explain it is that um, just because I have access to pull people's credit, I just can't randomly pull up like my neighbor or if I happen to have... If you can't sleep at night, you're not laying in bed pulling up people's credit reports. You have to have a legitimate reason for uh, actually pulling and reviewing someone's credit. And along the lines with that, if you're, uh, you have the right to, you um, must give consent for reports to be provided to employers. So that can't just be done. Um, And this is one of my favorites. We actually posted this on Facebook a few months ago and it got shared quite a bit. So we'll have to put it back out there. But it says you may limit pre-screened offers of credit and insurance you get based on information in your credit report by calling 1-888-5-OPT-OUT, O-P-T-O-U-T, 5-OPT-OUT. And that is a right that you have under that as well. So those are your rights. Stand up for them. Let's talk about credit counseling. So now we've talked about kind of what your rights are uh, and how to educate yourself. But um, there, and I know Karen and I maybe see a little bit differently on credit counseling. I think that there are two types of credit counseling. This is when your credit is not doing well. What are you laughing about? My notes? I just no, I just saw the your. There's first. an explanation. Okay. I know I have weird analogies sometimes. Wait for it. Um, when your credit is in the shitter and you need to fix it, um, there are different things you can do. Some of it is um, things you can do yourself, uh, and some of it sometimes people need help. So there's credit counseling. There's also credit repair, which I think is shady. So I think there's the shady and the non-shady or less shady. Um, I read a book once about Saturday Night Live. This is where my analogy is coming from. And Jim Belushi, who obviously died of a drug overdose, but he would go through phases where he wouldn't do drugs. But the reason he wasn't doing drugs was because he basically paid someone to be his willpower and his conscience. He paid someone to be next to him every hour of every day and not let him snort cocaine. Okay. Okay? So sometimes, yeah. So sometimes you have to pay someone (laughs) to do what you maybe could do on your own, but you maybe aren't quite disciplined enough to do it. Okay. So that's where I'm coming from on the credit counseling. Um, and, and I always recommend, I like to recommend thinking this through and at least talking to a credit counselor before you consider bankruptcy. I feel like bankruptcy should really be a last resort. That's personal opinion. Um, I think that changing your name and fleeing to Costa Rica is maybe a last resort too. Um, but I had a very close friend do this several years ago, and it really did get him back on track. So what this was, credit counseling, was that he was um, very much in debt. Most of it was business debt. And basically, his payments every month were just going towards interest. And he called all the credit card companies and said, can you help me out? Can you lower my interest rates? You know, I'm not making a dent. I'm never going to get anywhere. I'm just Mm -hmm. treading water. And according to him, he said they all said no. He tried multiple times. Certainly, you may have better luck. And I think that should always be your first stop. Contact your credit card companies um, and see if they can work with you on that. Because they really do want to get paid, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, But it didn't work, and so he found a credit counseling organization, and uh, it's a not-for-profit organization, which does not mean that you don't pay, but um, they because they still have to collect some money in order to keep your doors open. Was is that the type of company that they contacted all the creditors Mm -hmm. on his behalf, and then like maybe either renegotiated the rate for that for him, and okay, yeah. So here's the thing. these credit counseling companies, 
there's, I'm trying to figure out the best way to uh, explain it. They have relationships with a lot of the big creditors. Mm-hmm. And so the big creditors feel like, okay, I have a pretty good chance of getting paid if these people are working through this credit counselor. And the big creditors will even pay a little bit to the credit counselor. That's how they keep the doors open. I know it feels shady, but, you know, it's a nonprofit. They have to pay their employees and their overhead. They're not hosting big gala banquet dinners to fundraise or ringing a bell outside the department stores, you know. Well, I've never, I personally have not dealt with a credit counseling uh, or a credit repair company. I just know how it reflects or reports back on a credit report. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm reviewing something, you know, and I know we haven't talked about credit repair, but yep. when a lender looks at those, chances are they're kind of lumped in the same bucket as far as how they report. The lender's going to ask, well, what happened that got you, like in sure. your friend's case, right. um, you know. And to, what's changed. And what's <laughs> changed or if they're still in a credit counseling. Uh, right. So what program. we're talking about is if you enter into a debt management program. Now, a credit counselor may sit down with you, look at your budget, give you some. They should. If they are not willing to sit down with you and help you look at your budget and give you advice at no charge, then they're probably not a good credit counselor. Certainly, you should be looking them up on Better Business Bureau. You should be looking them up on CFBB and make sure that you're not with any of the shady ones. Um, But if you enter into a debt management program, they renegotiate your interest rates so that your payments can make a dent into into your your debt and Mm -hmm. your balance. You pay them an amount each month. And then based on the plan that they lay out, they start paying off your debt. And a small portion of your monthly payment goes to them for their services. Now, I know that my friend who did it also was paying extra on his own. So typically, what is a four or five year plan? I mean, this is not for the weak of heart. This is to get you out of a hole. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for him, it ended up being a two year plan um, because he was kind of paying as much as he could as much as he could in addition. But there was some really good advice on um, the FTC, Federal Trade uh, Commission, uh, information, uh, website. Again, I hate saying trust the government because I feel like we shouldn't, but we're going to, about choosing a credit counseling uh, organization. We'll post a link to this. Never paying anything up front is really, really important. Um, Checking them out on the State Attorney General website as well as the other websites that we've talked about. I'm going through my notes here. Um, and there's a kind of a list of questions, but they say, you know, how will enrolling in a debt management plan affect your credit? It is going to be on your credit report. Um, but whether it, it, you need to have that conversation with the credit counselors as to whether it impacts your score or not. Because some creditors will, if you're making those payments, they'll show that you're current. Mm-hmm. And some will not. And if they don't show that you're current, then that's going to impact your credit score. But if they're reporting that you're current, then you're okay, and it, it's not going to have as big of an impact. Um, but certainly, yeah. having to explain this is better than having a bankruptcy where you can't basically do anything for seven years. It's true. And it, and I think a lot of the ones that I see, they're not being reported, they're not being updated, or the organization depending they maybe they didn't have like a legit one they're not really making sending the payments in or you know there's all these other horror stories 
Um, yes. I don't see it too often. Yes. But in the ones I have seen, there's always been some weird story going on. Where the consumer's paying the debt counselor and, yes. the, and then the counselor's not making the payment. Exactly. To the, and that's why you have to do your research mm-hmm. up front and make sure that you're getting one that is good. There are state agencies that will refer you to ones. And I'd like mm-hmm. to think that those would be good referrals if you go to a state agency first. So there are certainly... Um, places to turn to to confirm. Don't just take the first one. Now, my friend, I asked him that question. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't really know where I found them. It's like n- sign on the telephone pole. He's like, I'm not really sure. Like, I don't know if you just opened the phone book and kind of lucked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, it, you know, it, it, it does. It worked for him. It worked for so. him. And so I feel like it's an option I should tell people about before you choose bankruptcy. So, all right, let's go to one last break, and then we're going to talk really, really fast about scams and also how, what if you, what to do if you do have an error on your credit report. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thanks for coming back. We are in our final segment where we talk really, really fast to get the rest of the half of show done that I want covered. So we've been talking about um, credit 
repair, credit counseling, debt management plans, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I know a debt management plan sounds like it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of patience. It could take several years to get out of your hole. And who has that kind of time, right? Why not just call one of these repair, repair, credit repair companies that say they can fix your credit in 30 days? We're going to talk about that briefly. But I do want to say there are legitimate errors on your credit report. So I want to talk about this first because I want to make sure we get this in. So here's a story of a poor lady who ended up getting, I think it was $1.8 million awarded to her. Um, She had to file suit against Equifax, which is one of the three uh, credit bureaus, because they were not uh, responding. She had her credit file merged with a different person who had the same name and a similar social security number, but who lived in a different state and had a very bad credit record. And like this lady, who had a very good credit record, and she tried, I think, for something like two years. She repeatedly wrote, telephoned, and faxed Equifax over two years, and it never investigated the information. Um, It never made a correction, and it never gave her the entire contents of her credit file. It gave out the damaging, incorrect information, on and on and on. And so she... um, she filed suit. She spent over $250,000 in legal fees to pursue the case. but um, And she was eventually awarded $1.8 million. Uh, in reality, Equifax has about a billion dollars in annual revenue, so... 1.8, not that much. But. I'm just wondering, in that two-year period, you know, if she needed to apply for a job right. or anything, right. it would have been... No, there wasn't, and I didn't read the whole story, but there were things about, like, she was supposed to co-sign to help a disabled brother get a vehicle, and she couldn't, and, you know, on and on and on, right. things like that. There's another story of a kid whose credit report showed a bankruptcy that would have happened when he was 16. He discovered it when he was 18 and went to buy, like, his first car. Um, again, same name, different person he was able to get two credit bureaus to fix it but the third one he never could and he just didn't do anything about it which was kind of shocking to me I wanted to shake him by the shoulders a little bit he just kind of dealt with it until he was 26 and the bankruptcy fell off his report but in the meantime he bought a car and had a loan interest rate of 25 percent oh my gosh really why would be doing something about it anyways you can legitimately dispute an error if there is a legitimate error on your credit report Um, the CFPB is a great resource to tell you exactly how to do that Um, the Federal Trade Commission uh, discovered that there are about one in four Americans have at least one significant error on their credit report there are account related errors like late payments or that you didn't have or having a credit card or loan listed that doesn't belong to you an account that's closed by you but it's listed as it's closed by the provider. I had one where I had a mortgage that was never closed out on my credit report, even though I sold the house and it was paid off, but it still was showing. And so I always had to explain that when I went to get mortgages, they were like, we need you to prove to us you don't own this house. I'm like, how do I prove I don't own something? I didn't have any of the sale documentation or anything, but whatever. Um, You know, hard inquiries uh, that you didn't authorized, things like that. So there's account-related errors. There's derogatory mark errors, like collections that are paid off but still showing unpaid. I'm sure we see that that's, all the time, that's right? very common. Um, tax liens that are more than seven years old that haven't been uh, removed. And then there's personal information like wrong names, addresses you've never lived at, inaccurate employer information. Um, you know, those probably have less... Uh, impact um, because they don't impact your credit score, but still you want that correct. So here's what you do. Um, The advice is to contact the three credit bureaus in writing, typically, with what information is inaccurate. The CFPB website offers a great sample dispute letter that tells you exactly what you should say in this letter. Um, 
provide copies of the documentation and it'll give you the addresses to send everything to. So that's, uh, and then they have 30 days, I think, to uh, respond to that. Um, they have to, ref- they forward, they are then responsible for kind of forwarding all the information to the creditor who's making the report, making the mm-hmm. claim and working it out with them. And then they have to get back to you within 30 days. Now, one thing I thought was really interesting was that apparently on the credit bureau websites, they do have online dispute forms. Mm-hmm. So you could do it online. I've, I'm old school. Okay. I, yeah. Well, here's, there's a trick to it. So don't recommend people do that because from what I'm reading and from what I've read, it says that if you dispute, dispute your case online, you actually give up your right to arbitration. There's tiny little fine print uh, that says if you do this, if you dispute this, then you give up that right um, and you can't get your $1.8 million like poor Julie Miller did. However, you know, there's a... One person was saying, uh, one expert was saying, you know, hey, if it's a $30 debt that you're disputing, you're not going to go to court over a $30 debt. Make your life easier and do it online. But if it's something, you know, more significant than that, you want to do that in writing. Um, So, again, it's not that difficult. But here's the thing. Here's what I know Karen runs into all the time. There's an error on your credit report. We need to dispute that or we need to file a, 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 you know, a, a correction. Right. But I have a house I need to buy tomorrow. My recommendation, as and this is just my opinion, because it really would come down to what type of loan program you're doing. Um, if your credit is okay enough, and, and it, like you're getting a decent rate and everything, wait until after you have uh, had your loan closing and bought the house. Because okay. anything that's disputed, that loan program may require it to come out of dispute, mm-hmm. meaning the consumer would have to drop that complaint. Mm-hmm. Then, because when you dispute an account, it stops, it, it's no longer part of that algorithm that we talked about mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have, this is just a random example, 700 credit score, and you've got like four disputed items, those all come off, now your score has been recalculated, and now it's like a 650, mm-hmm. something like that, and you would have a change in terms, um, either take care of it prior to mm-hmm. getting a mortgage, or wait until after you're in the house yeah. and then so get that correct. Give yourself plenty of time. Right. I mean, this is again, why I always preach, talk to the, your lender, you know, get with your lender way ahead of time, not, you know, the day after you made an offer on house because you could come up with something like that. Um, and Karen kind of led us into the last thing I want to touch on real quick, which are these credit repair scams. They're actually involving what is called jamming the system. So these people that say they can repair your credit in 30 days, what they're doing is they're going in and disputing every single thing on your credit report. They are sending in disputes. Um, here's one thing. Those companies that do those quick credit repairs, they don't. They will tell you you have to bring in a copy of your credit report because they are not authorized. Because remember what we said, mm-hmm. the only authorized people, people with a need and a, perp, a legitimate purpose can pull your credit report. So if a company is asking you to bring in a copy of your credit report, they may not be legitimate. Um, but they then file disputes with every credit bureau for everything on your credit report to try and overwhelm the system. And if something isn't responded to within 30 days, then they can do what Karen was saying was basically suspend that um, debt and it can falsely show your credit report. It could make it go down or it can make it go up. Um, They're hedging their bets that it's going to make it go up. But then the next month, the creditors report again 
and your score is going to go right back down once they figure out. Um, here's my thing with this uh, credit repair scam. A, you owe the debt. Two, it's your debt that you owe. And lastly, it's your freaking debt. <laughs> so don't be a jerk and jam the system and make it harder for people who have legitimate issues to get resolution. You're probably not going to get the house anyways. So do the right thing. Figure out, you know, we've given you some great experts and, and resources. Figure out a plan. Be a little patient and work it. And you will get out of the hole because I've seen people get out of amazing deep holes you can get out of it mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world and you may just have to delay that gratification a little bit and I think too if it's like a legitimate error if you are pulling your credit report every four months through the you know free mm-hmm. annualcreditreport.com you can troubleshoot that throughout the year because you're, you're going to notice items that pop up and go wait a minute I don't have that department store card or right. that mortgage I had should right. be paid off right um, and it won't be last minute, exactly. Right. So uh, my takeaway is, uh, this is what Uris always says to me as I am walking out the door every morning. He says, be vigilant. I don't know <laughs> what that means. I don't know what he's, but so now we say that to each other. Be vigilant. Um, be vigilant. You know, don't be a slave to the FICO gods, but be vigilant um, and don't get yourself in a pickle. Kind of know what your goals are and, and work towards those. We're here to be a resource for you as well as many other companies. I think that's about it. That Whew. is it. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Uh, be sure to listen to the other two shows on iTunes if you haven't about credit. And uh, we will be back next year with a holiday party show. We're going to talk about some of our favorite shows that uh, happened over next this year. year next next week. week. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to reminisce. So have a great week. And we will be back next week with a new show. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.